no one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filippone. Every game, every week, that's what we do here on this podcast. If for some reason you're new to it, welcome on board. That's what we do. We go through every single game. And uh, we'll start with this Thursday night game. So the Browns season is one where this back in August would not have been a huge shock to get in as what will likely be a wild card. Their win total set on all the big sports books was nine and a half. But to do it this way, okay, so you lose to Sean Watson, you go through P.J. Walker and Dorian Thompson-Robinson at quarterback, you lose Nick Chubb in the second game of the year, both of the offensive tackles are out, Wills uh, on the left side, Conklin on the right side, you know, they've gone through huge adversity, and Joe Flacco put the exclamation point on his remarkable renaissance season in the first half of this game. He had over 300 passing yards and three touchdowns in the first half and did really nothing from that point on. I mean, it was a very boring second half of the game where both teams traded field goals. The Browns had 34 points at halftime. They were on pace for 70. Stefanski went into this game as the favorite to win the coach of the year. I think he added to that resume in this game, although frankly, he would not be my choice. Um, It is in Cleveland. You could tell in the stadium there, they were showing the lunatics on Amazon throughout the way that some of these people dress up for these games. They're, they're chanting Pittsburgh sucks. They're chanting Joe Flacco's name while he's falling asleep on the bench, which was, uh, which was very strange. I don't know how somebody in a loud place with 75,000 people and rock music playing falls asleep on the bench, but he did. Um, you could tell that it's like um, an exorcism there. It's a, it's a cathartic thing for the Browns. Anytime they uh, experience any level of prosperity and success, because it's been in such short supply there, they've been such a losing organization for such a long time. And I would think, and I'm the opposite of a Browns fan. I'm in Pittsburgh that this team would be an easy one for fans to gravitate to and relate to because there is that underdog quotient there. Now, it'd be a little dicey uh, adopting Joe Flacco when he had quarterbacked the team that abandoned your city 30 years ago and beat you time after time. But, hey, I, I, if I'm a Browns fan, I don't care uh, where the where the uh, good, quarterback play, good quarterback play comes from because they've experienced, again, so little of it since they come back into the league. So... Uh, for me, my my big takeaway from watching the Browns put this huge number on a Jets defense that, by the way, was talking about how they were the 85 Bears before the season started. Uh, I, I would be pretty optimistic that this can carry over into the playoffs, that you can, with the defense, to, uh, with Jim Schwartz, Miles Garrett, with their secondary play, that they can give They'll probably be the five seed, the AFC South winner, a run for its money. Um, you know, Baltimore, if they go there, they've already played in Baltimore and won this year and scored 30 plus points there. So I can't believe I'm saying this, but 
as a Browns fan and as for me, a, a Browns hater, this is the best chance they've had of doing any kind of postseason damage since they've returned to the NFL. And they're doing it with a guy who has five kids and was literally probably like making hand Thanksgiving turkeys for arts and craft class with them uh, before he returned to the NFL about a month and change ago. It really is wild. And then one quick thing on the Jets. I get it. I understand why the New York media there wants Robert Sala fired. You know, what's the point? You know, I think you could even come up with an arrangement if you brought somebody else in to keep hacking around for next year with Aaron Rodgers. And that's the handshake deal you make with the new coach and with Rodgers. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to, you know, throw a hissy fit if the head coach of the team is removed. He came there in part because well, they hired Nathaniel Hackett because they wanted to pair him up with, with Rodgers. Sala, for me, his teams too often are undisciplined, unprepared, not ready to play. And I understand this was not what he what he anticipated this year. He didn't think he was going to have to patchwork it together with guys like Zach Wilson, Trevor Simeon at quarterback. But the coup de grace would be you had ample opportunities both in the offseason and this season to bring Joe Flacco in, and they refused to do it. And so whoever's most responsible for that, whether it's Salah or the general manager, needs to pay for it. But if I were if I were a New York Jets fan, this would be the salt, the ultimate salt in the wounds that our season, already a complete joke and waste of time. Late in the year, we have to endure a guy we played last year and had in our building, watch him throw for 300 yards, three touchdowns, and beat us to get his new team to the playoffs. Okay, so that's Thursday Night Football. Let's bring Spencer Ray. And this is going to be Spencer's on-air debut. He's usually behind the scenes, typing things up, keeping us on task, making sure Danny and I don't go too far off course here with this thing. So we'll do what we typically do, uh, Spencer, except uh, normally Danny and I rotate who introduces each game and each topic. So I'll just let you handle each one of those, and then I'll try to get as many takes off as I can on each game in a concise, timely manner. So let's start with the first game. I think you've got Dallas and Detroit Saturday night queued up for me. Yeah, as Danny likes to say, let's get to the games. The Cowboys are going for an undefeated home season. Would a win over the NFC North champ Detroit Lions restore faith in Dallas? No, it would not for me because of where this game is. Uh, It's in Dallas, and they're not going to play playoff games there unless another wild card team makes it to the NFC Championship game against them. So unfortunately for the Cowboys, their season's going to end at Washington in Week 18 like it did last year. And even if they were to play starters there, which they might, they they, they might not, depends on what happens here in these Week 17 games, they're not going to be anything that's convincing or persuasive on the road to instill belief that they can win three road playoff games and get to the Super Bowl. Uh, their numbers, it's just the the splits that people have brought up all season continue to get worse and worse for them. Dak Prescott, I'm going to look at my notes here for a second to make sure that I have the number right on him. Dak Prescott this year, has 20 touchdowns to two interceptions at home. Those numbers, think about if he played all, uh, think if he played 17 games, 
in that environment, you'd have 40 touchdowns to four picks. He'd be by far the MVP. 134 passing yards at Buffalo. They had 10 points through three quarters in Miami. I'm sorry. No, I can't. Uh, Even if they beat a really good team that has a better record than them right now, it's not going. You'd have to be a fool uh, to trust the Cowboys. Now, if the game were in Detroit and they went there and they scored 35 and they beat the Lions, that's a different story. Their two measuring stick games just happened at Buffalo, at Miami, close but no cigar in Miami, blown out by Buffalo. No, no, they're going to go into the playoffs just like they always do, which is a team that has a good inflated record with uh, a coach and a quarterback here that have won one playoff game combined since they got together in Dallas with a difficult road to get to their first Super Bowl since 1995. So no, sorry, Cowboys fans. Even if you beat Detroit by four touchdowns, I'm not going to believe in you. All right. Up next, we have the Bengals and Chiefs. And Travis Kelsey went on his podcast and offered a spicy field rant with his brother about his personal and, you know, the offensive struggles in Kansas City. What's your reaction? Uh, I am I am amazed by how poorly the Chiefs' greatest players in first ballot Hall of Fame, arguably, in, in Kelsey's case, the best to play his position. Mahomes is striving to get there. I am just uh, repeatedly flabbergasted by how incensed these guys are and how they're unable to control themselves when things don't go as planned. You know, they're, they're, the old saying of act like you've been there before, there's none of that in Kansas City. And Mahomes, I saw, he did a press conference where he said, I like the way we're acting, throwing helmets, freaking out on the sidelines, dropping F-bombs in Mahomes' case, blaming the referees for the Bills' loss because of the Tony uh, penalty. He said he likes it because it uh, illustrates that people care. Um, I think if you keep yourself composed and act like this is not a permanent struggle and one that they're going to eventually get over and flip a switch in time for the playoffs, I would prefer if I were a Chiefs fan, if Kansas City faked and tried to exude false confidence or false bravado in themselves. And that, you know, people like me would call them out for it and say, you know, it's artificial. It isn't real. They can't actually believe this. This type of reaction tells me that they are a team that's in meltdown mode. That is, um, in, 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 Hey, you look like you're in free fall when you play this way and your players can't handle it. And I do think some of this falls back on Andy Reid. Andy Reid is by no means a disciplinarian coach. He's an analytical X's and O's coach who just trusts his players to do their jobs. Well, they're not. And I'll go back to what he said after they lost that Bills game when he blamed the NFL. There was a better way to handle that situation, in my opinion, than to just you know take the uh, the low road of 
going after officiating for a clearly wrong call. Uh, yeah, I don't have a good feeling about the Chiefs. Spencer, I would not be surprised at all if they lost again Sunday afternoon to the Bengals. Cincinnati's gone there in one game, as I know, with Burrow. Uh, but I'm not convinced. The line seven, I'm not convinced the Chiefs are a touchdown better than any team in the NFL at the moment. 